0: Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Fine.
1: Well, no, like, I'm serious. Like, if you have any pointers, if you've heard anything, like, what am I... I don't know. It's
0: frustrating. Dating during the coronavirus? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised no one's thought of anything. I'm sure plenty of people have. I just haven't... Is is the only answer
1: just, like, do you you want to do a video call with me? That's kind of what I was thinking. Huh. Like, that doesn't appeal to me at all.
0: I don't know. Well, if you want to get to know the person, then yes, you would do a Zoom date and you'd get to know them. But then what? Like...
1: Well, it's nice to get to know you. Let's keep doing this until we can see each other in person in six months. Like, what's the end game here? How does this work?
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, that sounds terrible. Isn't the point of a relationship trying to get to know each other first? Isn't that how you're supposed to do it? Yeah,
1: but like a little physical intimacy along the way would be nice.
0: Yes, I suppose it would be. That is kind of the point for lonely people. (laughs) (laughs) Or just people fine so that's within has that been your week random playdates right. are, we, are
1: we recording should we be saving this for the show what's going on oh no
0: this is all this is in the show Ben we're doing the oh, show okay, it's happening right. now Okay. And, uh, besides your play date where you kicked a soccer ball around with your friends at a park yeah. uh, uh-huh. what else have you been doing with your time off since you uh, are furloughed? Fairly- I've been relaxing it's been nice been uh, going for a lot of
1: walks been going for some hikes Mm-hmm. And, uh, trying to do some you know, personal and professional development, and trying to hmm. tackle projects around home. Oh, you know,
0: sure. Yeah, professional development like what? Just job hunting?
1: Uh not job hunting. I, uh, you know, I uh, volunteer for that nonprofit. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've been getting into that a little more. So they want some. I was thinking about since I am for those, they're going to look for additional you know volunteer opportunities, and then they sent out an email to their current volunteers saying. If anyone wants to uh, help out with some grant writing stuff. So I raised my hand. and like, yeah, I can do that. How Mm -hmm. hard can that be? Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never done that before, but it can't be that hard. So, Um, yeah, so I think I'm getting into grant writing now for the nonprofit. Well, look at you. And then, yeah, at some point down the road, like get out of the corporate world and maybe make the nonprofit thing the full time gig. But we'll see. Do you think you could at the place you're at? No, no, it's a really small place. But I think just in general, I
0: will just get out of the corporate world and into something I can actually care about. I don't know. It's a race against time. I just realized I got to turn off my heater. Dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. And off. We
1: need to. We need to get you a checklist or something for a little pre-show, like how pilots when they're going to start flying a plane, they go through their their pre-flight. We need a pre pre-recording checklist for you.
0: Uh, well, my checklist would have to involve stuff like, is there a dead mouse in my basement that I have to get rid of before I can record the show? Yes, there was. So, that's the kind of, uh, we'd have to oh. make a very extensive checklist.
1: Is that what took the extra 13 minutes for you to call me?
0: Yeah, uh, I was in the bathroom, taking myself a fine little dump. And then, okay. when I got out, I was and, and you had to
1: wait till 7 o'clock to do that. We, we agreed that we were going to do this at 7.
0: Yeah, I think it's As a favor to,
1: to you by the way. We're doing this a day early.
0: I know, which is so damn nice. I get to have two but days to But then you're not edit.
1: ready. Well, yeah. Be well, nice the, ready. the mouse,
0: the dead mouse threw dead things mouse. off a little bit. I realized the I can't, mouse. can't sit here with a dead mouse just ten feet away from me. It's disturbing. So I had to get rid of that real quick first.
1: Did, uh, did the mouse meet its end in a trap, or did the spry new cat take care of that?
0: Oh, no. Uh, the cat, I don't think I can ever let the cat down in this basement because there's too many weird there's too much crap going on and it's too uh, this cat would just be in everything and I'd never see it again so this basement I think's got to be off limits so there's no way a uh, uh, trap heavy defense system which is what okay. got this mouse okay and uh, you know gross you never know if it's still alive a little bit when you go up there and so you have to sort of shake it and then hope it's not moving and it kind of seemed like it might have been, but it might have been like freshly killed and its little body was still twitching it was just dist- it gross so I threw it out. Okay. Yeah, pretty gross. I got nothing else in my week. My week's just been uh, my kids. You're still working? Yeah, I'm still working. I'm lucky in that sense. Uh, Are you,
1: you though? Because I I consider myself to be quite lucky that I'm not working.
0: Well, I suppose you could think of yourself that way. Um, No, in my case, uh, there's not much to do at work, so I just sit in front of my computer, and since it's been cold out and I can't take any walks or anything... Uh, I'm slowly well, you, you, losing my you mind. Don't have,
1: you don't have a jacket?
0: I what have mean, a jacket. You can't take any walks. I've been taking plenty like, of walks. It's not that cold out. Well, it was last week. Cold enough where I didn't really want to go out. I did go walk down okay, to the gas station. Okay, so you station. just don't
1: want to go walk? No, I oh, don't. Oh, down the gas station. What, uh...
0: To get snacks. Okay. And, uh, there's hardly anyone ever in the gas station, so you don't have to worry a whole lot. You just go there and get whatever you gotta get, and then you leave. And I did walked you wear, Did you wear a mask? No, I didn't, and nobody else was either, so okay. it was kind of weird. I don't know what the breaking point is. I did actually order masks back when my a few mm-hmm. weeks ago when my friend from Los Angeles said, you guys are maybe a month behind us. Uh, we are all being told that we have to wear masks, so everyone's got them. And so she was saying, uh, you should order up some masks. So I did. I took her advice, and the masks are on their way, uh, hopefully just in time before they force all of us here in Minnesota to start wearing them. But I got nothing right now, so... okay. I uh, went down the gas station, cold, cold, uh, went back home, said, I don't okay. want to go do that again. It so, wasn't back home Just up. put on a hat and a jacket. I don't, you're eh. just making excuses. No, nah, I'm not. And then, you uh, just don't want to go for a walk. Going insane. Uh, my kids are going insane. They can't stand the sight of me, and I can't stand the sight of them. And it's like uh, the whole concept of cabin fever or the movie The Lighthouse, where pretty soon we're all going to be drunk and trying to kill each other. It's just crazy. I haven't
1: haven't seen the movie yet. Don't spoil it for me.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that they get drunk and try and kill each other. It's kind of the whole point of the movie. That's the premise. Shut (laughs) up. I haven't seen it. (laughs) You haven't seen The Lighthouse yet? It's actually really good. I know. I'd I'd like to see it, but uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. Well, for crepe's sakes. But that's been it for my week. Going nuts with the kids. Uh, Yesterday, I finally snapped and I hung out with my neighbors. Uh, They were out having a bonfire and I sat there with them. And wow, then, you're
1: getting uh, really desperate, huh?
0: Yeah, getting desperate. Because um, normally I'd say stay more than six feet away from each other. They clearly weren't. But at this point uh, yesterday, I was just like, I can't take it anymore. So I was uh, cutting a bunch of brush away in my driveway. And I walked over and said, hey, do you guys still want to burn this stuff? And they said, yeah. And the want came come over? And I was like, oh, all right, fine. So I sat and did that. Uh, how are they about your age or older, younger? Uh, they're like, mm-hmm. I think, three years older than me. Okay, so, so about your age. Yeah, how about my age? you like way older than me, though. Definitely way older than you. Is that your wow. new catchphrase? You're way older than me. <laughs> I decided, so for Lees of Glen, I read a short story from the author of all the Conan, the Barbarian stories. Okay. He, yeah, he wrote all those back in the 1920s. Okay. Um, and they're delightfully cheesy and so then I started looking at it, and um, I was like, I think I might try to read all of them, because they're all public domain. I should just have a whole Conan series. And then I was thinking, yeah. I wonder if I should split off into a separate, dumb little podcast where I read every single Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> How many are there? Uh, there's like 40 or 50. There's a oh, lot. Shit. Yeah, shit. and if you read it all, like, uh, in progression from, like, he came up with a story where it was, like, Clan from uh, Atlantis, and it was a story that he wrote, and he he kept publishing these in like weird, weird science fiction magazines or whatever, like pulp magazines. Uh, that one got rejected, but then he he just rewrote it. So instead of Clan from Atlantis, it was uh, Conan the Barbarian, and then suddenly it got picked up and did fine. And then he like wrote poetry about the world that uh, Conan came from. It's just all insane. So I was like, I should just read all this in in order. So now it's like I'm thinking, well, do I just do it on Leaves of Glen? Or do I actually, like, sprout off a whole different temporary podcast series? Because it's got to end. I can keep going with it. So, yeah, I have a a whole debate. What am I going to do? Do I start a whole other series that has an actual end date? Or just roll it into Leaves of Glen? I'll never know. We'll find out. That's how I stay sane. I have nothing else going on in my life. (laughs) That's it. I got nothing else. Uh, Work. When you have nothing to do at work, you start to feel a weird tension, a weird kind of stress that isn't really real. And uh, normally getting up and taking a walk would kind of clear that out a little bit, but I wasn't doing that this week. Because you don't want to. I guess fine, because I don't want to. You're making excuses. No. So that's it for that. It wasn't that cold. No other stories of your week? Besides how warm it was last week, according to you,
1: hey, I went for lengthy walks every day, and it, it wasn't a problem. Put on a jacket, put on a hat, put on some gloves. It's fine.
0: All right, fine, fine. <laughs> Did you enjoy the book? Well, should we get into the book? Uh, already? I don't know. Do you got anything else to talk about with your week? Uh, I kind of don't. Uh, I'm going like a like a crazy person. I have no okay, stories, mean, nothing to tell. I, I don't, no, I don't have that much, but I mean. Is there that much to talk
1: about the book? too, I mean, this it's might be a short episode.
0: Yeah, it might be. God dang it. That's fine. Well,
1: they don't all need to be hour long.
0: No, they don't. The, even though last time uh, I said, yeah, it's going to be a banter-heavy episode, it was 75% of the episode. <laughs> the banter. Yeah. <laughs> That's what is I fine.
1: Uh, probably our
0: strongest episode. You think it's our strongest episode? I don't know. I was going to say, say that. Uh, No, I got nothing. I'm trying to think of something. Banter. Fun banter. Come on. Come on, Glenn. Think of some fun banter. I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, I'm dead inside. I... (laughs) Fine. Sorry. Moving on to the show... On the beach. Um, Anything you want to say about the last half of the book, off the top, Uh, before we dive in? It was... I mean, I like
1: the book overall. I said that last episode, I was enjoying reading it. I thought it was a good book. The end of it didn't change my opinion of it being a good book, but...
0: Yeah. It
1: got kind of... Kind of depressing. Kind of sad. I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, the whole wind-down. Like, how they wrapped up the book, the last chapter... Yeah, so that, I don't
1: know, it kind of, it was kind of affecting. I don't know, it was... Did you get sad, Ben? Did you tear up? I I think maybe it wasn't the right book to read right now. It was, (laughs) like, it wasn't, it's not exactly uplifting. You know, we read recently Station 11, which took place in the aftermath of a global flu pandemic, which seemed fitting. Yeah. But there was, like, sort of a message of hope in there, a little bit and people are carrying on and
0: mm-hmm. right. Uh, you know, this though it just didn't have every, any of that
1: everyone's dead
0: yeah you keep sort of waiting for some sort of message of hope or some glimmer of like even though maybe all these characters do die there is one country that they discover will never be affected somehow magically I don't know uh, but no, there was nothing like that. It's just that it's just the slow process of country by country, everyone dying and these people seeing it heading towards them and weirdly and, still uh, yeah, living their lives.
1: Yeah. And people, different people kind of having slightly different approaches to their impending end. But again, everyone is dead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It was kind of a downer. Like I finished it up whenever yesterday, the other day before. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's that's not really the book i needed right now
0: yeah no like that's I, a good you point. know
1: I'm, I'm fine like i generally i think my mental state is fine right now even with everything that's going on in the world but you know it is a little lonely yeah, and things are weird, and there's a certain amount of just general stress of life right now, just with everything going on. But I think I'm holding up pretty well, as as well as could be expected, and mm-hmm. you know better than a lot of people, I'm sure. But yeah, this book didn't really help at all. This book was it was it was a downer. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I definitely felt melancholy myself after we read it, and it not that it reflected on what we were doing, but just sort of made everything like, well, I guess I'll go take a nap. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much yeah it was just like yeah I, wow that was
1: really something yeah it was pretty
0: pretty bad so there
1: there was that and then generally speaking when i read a book so this book was written in 1957 i think yep somewhere around there mm-hmm. um and when i'm reading a book from you know a bygone era i'm hoping for you know, funny little tidbits of whatever sexism or racism or something that like you wouldn't be able to get away with today, but back then it was all right.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. uh,
1: I've got a couple of little nuggets. Oh, I picked out one too. I wonder if
0: we got the same one. There was one
1: particular, one particular line that I want to go over that. Yeah. Just a couple other general points to that end. But um, yeah, if we want to go from there.
0: (laughs) Sure. Which, which uh, would be one of you, uh, one of the ones you have
1: for the, the slightly offensive points. Yeah. Um, so towards the end, um, as as the radioactive cloud approaches Melbourne, and, and society is finally beginning to break down a little bit, people are not going to work anymore. The shops are closing. The you know the garbage men have have stopped working. It seems, mm-hmm. and um, so the the city of Melbourne, it's a sizable city. It's uh, you know there's just trash in the streets everywhere.
0: Yeah,
1: and. Uh, I think it was peter is commenting that he's commenting the streets were dirty now and littered with paper and spoiled vegetables it was evidently some days since the street cleaners had operated the tr- trams still ran but the whole city was becoming foul and beginning to smell it reminded the american of an oriental city
0: in the making oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> so i thought that was uh, i, I Kind of amusing. What's your other line? I'm wondering if we stumbled across the same one.
1: That, that, was, that was the line. That was the one line I had. Just in general, there's a little bit of uh, mild oh, sexism.
0: I pulled out the sexism. I have one. Uh, I think this is when Peter is talking with his wife and telling her that she's got to uh, potentially um, take poison and give her child poison. Um, or their child poison uh, to save the effects of radiation um, just to commit suicide instead uh, it says these bloody women yeah. sheltered okay. from realities living in a sentimental dream world of their own exclamation point if they'd face up to things they could help a man help him enormously <laughs> yes I did
1: actually jot that one down I just yeah I wrote these bloody women yep that was, that was a good one yep exactly um, but I, <laughs> I have to say so um, as this went on um, Mrs. Holmes, what Mary Holmes is that? I think that's right. I think so. Yeah, she seemed to be in denial up until the very end that everyone was going to die. She did not seem to accept like they were like actually getting sick, and then she finally said to her husband like, "Oh, this is really happening, isn't it? Like we're we're gonna yeah. we're gonna die." Like she didn't seem to really accept. Like I think a lot of people were going about their days and trying to carry on with life as normal, but they all knew that the end was near but she seemed to be not uh not coming to terms with that until the very very end
0: yeah that's true um even at one point when uh her husband peter like vomited like they were both feeling sick and then he vomited but he went outside to kind of hide it then he came back in and she's like oh you don't look good and he's like oh i you know got sick outside she's like i've been sick too and she goes do you think it was the meat we had last night and then just started asking a lot of questions about like maybe we got food poisoning and um, yeah, and he had to keep reminding her over and over again. No, this is the sickness. It's happening. Everyone's getting it. <laughs> so yeah. Weirdly, the drunk guy, the drunk uncle, apparently was still doing okay for the most part because their their theory that um, immense amounts of alcohol can hold off the effects of radiation. Which I wonder. I should have looked that up. I wonder if there is any.
1: That, and when you say hold off, just for a few days, he's he's still succumbed to it just like everyone else.
0: Yeah, but. yeah. But I was just wondering. Like, I wonder if there's any. Theory behind that—that that this book got that from, or if it's just something that the author kind of made up—it's uh, just kind of like a weird little, little, little like it was just all a coincidence that he lasted a day or two longer than everyone else mm. uh, with this alcoholism theory. But or if that's something they actually believed back then when it came to radiation sickness and what they knew about it, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Hey, well, should we
1: give a brief rundown on what happened So when we the f- ended the first half of the book, the submarine was on its way towards Seattle to kind of investigate these
0: radio signals and just see if there's any signs of life in North America. Uh, before that, actually, only the reason why I'm calling this out is because it's to your credit. Um, I didn't know if uh, Dwight Towers really was pretending that his family was alive, or like you were saying, that he's referring to when he dies he'll see his family again. Yeah. Um, but before he went on that trip, he was out buying presents for them, especially the pogo stick. Uh
1: a stick for his daughter a fishing pole for his son
0: yeah um,
1: and so th- a, a that nice was a big thing necklace, like an emerald necklace for the misses.
0: yeah and so he was doing a lot of gift buying running around um, spent a lot of time doing that before his trip and so then I was thinking I still can't tell if he's just pretending that they're alive because it makes him feel good or if he is doing this like wh- how does he think that when he dies the gifts are gonna be going to heaven with him so I did so that was one thing that stood out. But anyways, yes. Then they went on the they got in the, the submarine and wound up heading off towards uh Seattle, right? Yeah, they, they figured out that this radio signal was probably coming from a uh
1: military installation near Seattle, so they went there and uh they found out the radio signal was just a random thing. The power was still going there. Um I don't know how, how that worked. This is a really good power generator, I guess, and it was still running.
0: Yeah. And after like, a couple of years, yeah, and no, it turned like out years. the radio
1: was just being operated just as a fluke. Like, the window was blown in. There was, like, a piece of metal, like, banging against the radio, like, sending out, like, random Morse code signals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so
0: that, that's all it was. There was nobody alive there. It was, like, part of a window broke off and was, like, leaning against, like, a Coke bottle or a Coke can. So it was just kind of teetering and doing random tapping on the thing. So, Yeah. Yeah, then he sent his last message so that the people back in Australia would know that they'd been there. Um, yeah, and that a, there was nobody alive. Yeah, and then uh, was that he gets... Is it the Saturday Evening Post? Yeah, Saturday Evening Post. He finds a couple copies of it. When they, uh, I forget who it is. Uh, yeah, the
1: person that they sent on shore. Yeah,
0: wearing the it suit. Was,
1: yeah, one of the people who
0: was on the boat. submarine.
1: They, they sent him on shore because he was familiar with this place. So they figured he could do it efficiently because he could only,
0: he only had enough oxygen to be on shore for two hours or something. So Right. So they go out and uh, he's wandering around and he's seeing dead people here and there. But for the most part, they've all tucked themselves away in their homes. And But then as he sends out the final message and is wrapping it up and, and appreciating how great the generator is, he sees a, a bunch of uh, copies of the Saturday Evening Post. So he sits down and reads them for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then they've been um, signaling from the ship by blowing a horn or whatever. Uh, once it reaches like four or five, you know, toots or whatever that he's supposed to come back. Uh, and so they finally get the toots. So he comes back and he rolls the Saturday evening posts up with his suit, which they leave outside the ship because it's contaminated. Um, yeah. And then I think that that came back later. I swear they mentioned it later on as if someone was reading it and got sick. But that part got confusing for me. So I'm like, "Well, why did he save it?" But I swear oh, somebody's I, reading it. I don't I know. I missed
1: that. I guess I didn't.
0: Uh, but I there was uh, Swain, a guy named uh, I forgot uh, his first name. But yes, yeah, uh, Swain
1: is fine. He's the one
0: that was from oh, Seattle, Swain. and yeah, jumped off the sh- the snuck out of the submarine. Yeah, snuck so out the escape hatch. Uh, and then he took off and um. I like love it sure. when they called out to him from the speaker saying, like, you've got yeah. a short amount of time to come back. Otherwise, we've got to leave you. He says, uh, you go get stuffed, <laughs> Which Yeah, is a he, he, you don't hear very often.
1: Yeah. Did he give him the finger, too, or something? I don't know, you know if he gave him said, the finger. But... Stuffed?
0: Yeah, that was great. And then
1: they, they, um so he went on shore to kind of check out his house and stuff. And they came across him the next day. was just out at the harbor. He had a boat. He was just fishing.
0: Yeah. And they're asking, and it's like sort of a bittersweet thing, because they say, well, how long do you think I have to live? And they're like, maybe another day, you know, just uh, however many hours before you start getting sick. And he's like, okay, well, I'm just fishing. It's great. And, you know, then he's like, do you got any of those suicide pills? And they said, no, but we can leave a revolver up on the deck for you. And then he said, um, you know, no, I'll just go into town, and everything's free, so I'll I'll try to find some suicide pills there. And the whole thing was sad, but... um, So see so, you now that the party goes... Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, when the person that they sent out in the... Well, then they... I think they go to... They stopped at one town. It's a small town, and that's the one where Swain escaped. Uh, but then they stop at a... I forget. It wasn't... It was outside of... It was like from the Puget Sound area. So something out there. But when they're walking around and exploring... Or was it the same one? I thought they went twice. Like, two different times he got out in his suit and walked around. But as they went out exploring... uh. When the guy in the suit was coming back, he saw that there was a house with people having a party in it, which was eerie because they're all dead, but they're all posed with drinks and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that was when he was. Yeah. When he was on the, the island, the military radio base, So it's the they... first outing. Okay. Yeah, and there was this, yeah, like in the officer's mess hall, they're like in uniform, and then there's, I think, a couple of prostitutes there. and Something, there's a couple of women Something like that, know. yeah. So there's women there, and they had drinks in their hands or whatever, and they just apparently that's how they decide to go out. I, I don't know that they pose themselves.
0: I, I don't, yeah. Um, oh, they have I, uh, uh, somebody on the ship gets, that was this is kind of like throwaway thing. Somebody on the ship gets appendicitis, but then it gets better, and it's not a big deal. So I was just like, well, what, what was that in there for then? I don't think it was actually appendicitis. They
1: thought maybe it was, and they were worried they were getting ready to do an uh, impromptu operation on him, I think. Right, they, right. They then, decided, like, oh, it actually wasn't appendicitis. He's fine.
0: Yeah. Just um,
1: like, indigestion or something. I don't know.
0: And then at some point they make reference, I think, to another ship. Yeah. Uh, saying that the the ship had come down from the south and that they couldn't move because they didn't have any fuel oil and they had to stop all services in the ships and the tanks were bone dry. <clears throat> I didn't know who they were talking about. Um, what other ship would that be? But they just kind of mentioned it, but then they move on. It wasn't referenced again. So apparently there was a second ship that they were staying in contact with that just more or less ran out of the fuel. Is that the other
1: submarine, the one
0: that's in Montevideo? I, I guess, because they didn't really reference the ship by name or anything, so then that's why I made a note, like, wait, who ran out of fuel? Ask Ben. <laughs> so I was hoping I maybe it's
1: one of the ships in port. I, I vaguely remember what you're talking about. It didn't really stick out to me, though. I think it, it might have been the other submarine, or it might have been one of the other
0: ships in port at Melbourne. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But they made it sound like it was a tragedy of some sort, as if they were just trapped and whatever. But then they never referenced it again, so it just kind of moved on. But, um... Yeah, then they get back, uh, back to Melbourne and... um, Melbourne. Melbourne.
1: That's all the Australians say, right? Melbourne.
0: sure. All right, fine. Uh, Dwight has this uh, woman... What is her name? Why am I not remembering her name? Moira Davidson. There we go, Moira. Yep. Um, So Dwight gets back and he's talking to Moira and he keeps calling her honey all the time. So... That was weird. And the, the use yeah, of the phrase honey other. was... Yeah, but it was excessive. It was getting well, weird. It was <laughs> 1957. That's just what men called the women back then, right? All the time. Because it was well. literally replacing her name. He would just keep saying it as if he's saying her name. It was just getting to be like... Every time he spoke, he slapped the word honey in. I'm like, this is getting a little excessive. Are they going to finally make the sex? But no, they never do. He stays no. true to his dead wife. Um, he talks about how he's the only person left alive from America... Uh, he says the United States is me running because he got promoted to captain, I think. Like,
1: admiral or, or something. Yeah, close to...
0: something like that. Yeah, you're right, admiral. Yeah, because um, the uh, the admiral was in some more northern
1: part of Australia. and Sent him a telegram or something saying, like, well, this is the end for me. You're in charge now.
0: Yeah, um, and then after that, it's sort of the slow decline of the people and how the people... It's something that you had mentioned earlier, how the people... Uh, never really acknowledge or do what you and I would consider kind of realistic, um, realizing they're going to die. So they don't, like, freak out. And they do make reference to some people breaking into stores and stealing stuff, uh, or just, you know, they just leave the doors open and let people take what they want. They do mention that a little bit, but otherwise, basically, it's people well, being Well, yeah, like,
1: um... Peter Holmes went to get a lawnmower
0: because
1: mm-hmm. they wanted to do some yard work, and, uh he's gonna go it was the last day at the shop was open the hardware store or whatever and he's asking if he could pay with a check because he didn't have that much cash i'm like yeah the guy says, pay by orange peel for all i care (laughs) so but he still wrote him a check apparently and that yeah they're still yeah i'm not sure if that's how it would really
0: then didn't play out didn't Dwight wind up getting a cold? So people were nervous. I think that's where the, the Saturday Evening Post came into play for me. Uh, that I was thinking, like, oh, did he get radiation poison? Like, did, did the magazines get in the ship? Like, I don't, but he just got a cold and it was nothing. But they had a doctor come and the doctor said about how he had been operating on a woman, at the, or he's going to be operating on a woman at the hospital uh, the next day. Uh, and it'll be good because then she'll have a couple more years of useful life ahead of her. Yeah. So everyone's still sort of acting normal as if nothing's happening for the most part. Um, and that was, and there's sort of a back and forth. Like, Peter and his wife kind of embrace, you know, the their fatal sort of outlook. Um, but then they kind of go back into planning their yard, like you were saying, like the mower and everything. So it kind of goes back and forth. Uh, Moira's the same way. Uh, well, she, <laughs> she starts out pretty fatal, and then she winds up taking classes for, for being a secretary, sh- taking shorthand and stuff. Yeah. I like how seems like, uh,
1: peter is kind of humoring his wife to a certain extent and mm. let just go along with the whole garden thing but then he also i like the part where he just concocts a fake meeting just to go into town just so he has an excuse to get away from her for a little <laughs> while
0: <laughs> i don't remember that that's funny
1: yeah he just he told her that he had some meeting in melbourne at the, the naval base or whatever and he like went in and just like Met up with Dwight and said that eh, I'm sure I could find something to do to keep me busy for a few hours. I I told her I'd be back by like five of those. Oh,
0: so. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, they have a oh um the ship's doctor John Osborne is a scientist. He gets really into racing. He's, he he kind of rebuilds this what is it a Porsche? You know, Ferrari oh, Ferrari! Uh, a
1: Ferrari! Like a really uh, like a racing car Ferrari, not not a street Ferrari.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, he um. Uh, yeah, he gets involved in races. Um, and they're saying that there's not much time left, so they're starting the season earlier than normal. Uh, and that it's it gets a little desperate because it's, it's earlier than normal in the season, so it's raining a little bit more. And so the tracks are wet, but people are still racing anyways. And people are just dying left and right on the track. Uh, and, like, dying left and right, and the
1: what, some of the... It was kind of got a little grisly there a little bit. Some of the... <laughs> Depictions of the crashes and the deaths during these races—it <laughs> yeah. was like a little gratuitous, almost, in the
0: books. I don't know. I know it was yeah. a little. It was a little bit of murder porn kind of going on, yeah. but they. And then I love that, like one of the guys who died. So uh, he comes in second place, and then uh, one of the people that uh, got killed in a crash, they go over to you know console the wife or just say I'm sorry for your loss, and he was a great person and a great racer and all this kind of stuff and then said do you care if i take his car for parts and she's like no fine <laughs> or no you wanted like he wanted to actually use he the trailer the, the trailer yeah you yeah. wanted the trailer to cart his because she was like do you want my day de- or do you want my husband's car for parts and he's like ah, i was thinking about it but no, can i just use the trailer to get my car back and she's like yeah go ahead so that was a little weird too i was like is that is that kind of the way it was back then in the racing well, world she,
1: well she said that that's he'd want it to be used anyway i guess so that was yeah um yeah, I, mean, I think he said he didn't want the car parts because, like, the crash he was in was like it was, the car was too destroyed. Like, yeah, there's nothing usable there. Yeah, right. Like, he he really fucked up his
0: car. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, uh, I have. at at this point in the story, that's the radiation is 200 miles north uh, and starting to hit some of the smaller areas leading up to their town. Um, and they, they talk about going skiing because everyone's skiing like mad. Uh, they say, like, oh, because uh, Moira's talking to uh, Dwight and saying, like, do you want to go on a trip? Do you want to go fishing? Do you want to go skiing? Everyone's skiing like crazy right now. And, and Dwight's like, oh, let's go fishing. But I was just, it's more of in the story, the theme of everyone's just kind of trying to really enjoy their life while they can, which I like the idea. I'm not judging it. I just don't think human nature's that nice or that positive. Like, oh, I'm going to die, so I'm going to go try to live my life as much as I possibly can. I really think there'd be murder and rapes in the streets. <laughs> I don't think it would be. Yeah, I think there'd be that too. And then also, if they if they are
1: if we are accepting the fact that they are going out and skiing, fishing, or whatever, trying to enjoy their last days, I don't understand why they weren't doing that sooner. Why was everyone just like going about their normal lives until the last
0: few weeks? Yeah, I, I was like, like the last if they month knew it was two, coming, yeah. you
1: think they'd be like, "Oh, fuck it, I'm not working anymore. I'm going to go skiing, and fishing for the next six months or a year or however long they knew this was going to happen." Like, it seems odd to me that they
0: were only at the very end were people like partying and yeah and leading up to that i guess yeah people were still going to work and still uh yeah you would think a good year or more out people would be starting to drop off and start to go off and do whatever they're going to do yeah exactly you'd think there'd be less people at their jobs (laughs) so close to the end but um but yeah then uh she moira they decide to go fishing and moira is says that i want to uh I do have to take this shorthand test. Do you think that they've got a college up there? So apparently you can take tests anywhere. uh, And then they figure that whole thing out. So she's still obsessed with making sure she takes her tests and finishes her course, uh, even though they're going to go on this trip and everything. It's like, but the world's ending. You're not going to get a job doing shorthand anywhere. I guess it's like a personal best. Like it's something you can say you did that you're proud of. But, you know, you got through all the classes. If the fishing trip conflicts with it, then you just probably just don't take the test because it doesn't matter ultimately. But... Uh, so anyways, that was a theme that was going on, and it was uh, kind of kept up to the very, very end as um, people around town, they, they come back from their fishing trip and they realize that everyone's starting to get sick and it's inevitable, and they kind of start going down the list of characters that we've read about and how each and every single one of them dies. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: where it got to be. At the Real depressing. It. Yeah, it was like, geez.
0: Yeah, it was just over the top. Uh, it starts out with... Um, I, th- well, I I think it starts out with like John Osborne. He goes back to go see his mother, but she's already dead in bed and left a note, uh, you know, saying don't have a funeral. And
1: yeah, he had been kind of caring for his mom, and then he went out to get milk or something. And he, when he came back, his mom had taken the suicide pills and left a note. So
0: yeah, exactly. Um, and, then... and then
1: so John went down to his garage and took his suicide pills in his
0: beloved Ferrari. Did he? Yeah. Oh, then who did they go to? Because I think it was he got
1: behind the wheel. He put on his like his driving gloves and goggles and helmet and everything, and
0: took the pills there. That's right. That's right. Well, then who did they talk to? The reason why I got confused is because Peter Holmes at some point goes to see another doctor and was asking, you know, questions about like, well, how long do you think it takes to die? Because he's kind of concerned about when to take the pills with his wife and everything. Uh, And then this doctor was already like in his deathbed. And, or no, because he goes, I feel good. I'm having a second round. And does that happen again? And the doctor's like, no, I mean, it might happen uh, in a smaller degree I think he, later, I think he was
1: talking to John, wasn't he? The that's scientist. what I was wondering. I think, that's the reason yeah, I didn't I think, think John was, died. Yeah. So I didn't get the... That's the reason well, why sort at some of, point, John, I mean, the order is off, but at some point, John
0: ended it for himself and his Ferrari. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, then it goes to the uncle, the drunk one. Who's still hanging out at the uh, at the the weird club or yeah. restaurant club thing, yeah. Or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and he had to make his own food, and he was talking about how weird that is because there's just nobody there anymore. Um, oh, yeah. actually, when Dwight came back from his trip, he saw some naval commander to debrief on the thing, but there wasn't a secretary there. And then at some point in the middle of it, uh, the naval commander got up and had to go probably have diarrhea. <laughs> and yeah. then, so then Dwight and whoever he was with was uh, probably Peter. Uh, we're talking about like, oh, do you think he's sick? And like, yeah, that's probably the reason why we don't have a, a secretary here and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so it's just kind of going down the line and then um, it gets, finally it gets to Peter and his wife and like you were saying, it was long, in a good way. It wasn't badly written long. It was just yeah. long, drawn out, kind of painful to read slow decline of this couple and their daughter including the daughter getting sick and oh it's horrible well and Peter was having his little
1: thing where he was having his mini recovery where he might have gone on for another 10 days or so but he didn't tell his wife that he didn't want her to know that he was actually temporarily getting better so he went and gave the the murder shot to his baby Mm -hmm. and then uh, he and his wife took their suicide pills with a weren't they drinking a, a bourbon or something? With yeah, them, or, they
0: put it in some kind of drink. Um, yeah, and yeah, so, so sad. So and they then leading went. up to it, the the infant before they finally reach the point where they do that. Leading up to it, the infant's like crying all the time, so they're not getting yeah. any sleep and yeah. and that sort of thing. And so then finally, when the wife is very sick and weak and can you know she even says like I don't think I'm gonna be able to get out of bed tomorrow to use the bathroom or anything. Um, then she's like maybe we should you know would you do the would you do the honors of uh, poisoning our kid? And then um, he said, but do you want to spend some time with the child first before I give the child a shot? And she goes, no, because she's just suffering and I don't want to remember her this way or whatever. The whole thing was just so damn sad. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they kill themselves and then it boils down to uh, Dwight Towers and Moira. And um, he's going to take off on his ship yeah Dwight's taking the
1: submarine out he wants to sink it in international waters
0: yeah that's
1: what the Navy does do but, they so he, I don't know what the point of that I is don't know, it's because he doesn't want the because he's still adhering to his job or whatever so he doesn't if he has to scrap the ship he doesn't want to do it in Australian waters with all the classified information on board or whatever <laughs> so he has to take it out to international waters so he has to go whatever, 12 miles off of shore or wherever the yeah. international waters begins and right um moira meets him at the ship to kind of see him off and then she drives she figures out where he's going to scrap the ship Mm and so she drives out to the coast to like the closest point where it is and she can kind of see him like sailing off into the mist and then she knows that he's about to end it all and then yeah she gets back into her car and her own suicide pill in the
0: car. Yeah, and I was getting confused because it was like she was on the cliff and she could see him, and she was she's like, I know he can't see me, but I wave to him anyways. And yeah, she wanted to die before he did because she thought then she could meet him in the afterlife and then you know yeah. see yeah. his daughter use the pogo stick and all this really sad, sad stuff. Yeah, uh, but then yeah, she took uh, the poison pills in the car. I was thinking she's going to drive the car off the cliff or something dramatic. Uh, no, but, no,
1: you know. she just she was standing on the cliff and waving it. And then she, it was kind of, it wasn't a very warm day. It was cold and raining and the windings, so she said, well, I could just as easily sit in my car and do this instead of staying out here in the cold. So yeah. she got back in the car and that's how the book ended, wasn't it? With her... Uh... Yep,
0: that's it. And then, uh, so when he sank it, I guess he's just sinking the ship with him in it. And then he just kind of eventually expires or takes his, maybe takes his own poison pill. What was Dwight doing exactly? I know he was sinking it like off the coast, but...
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I assume he's just i would think he's taking the pill while the ship's going downside i don't know what yeah the exact.
0: they didn't really say because they, they kind of spelled out everyone else's death but his was a little more vague but um moira wanted to be on the ship with him and he said no because uncle sam wouldn't like that and i'm sticking the rules to the very very end uh so i'll just go by myself <laughs> so he i guess piloted the ship like other people wanted other crew members wanted to go with him and he's like no i'm gonna do this on my own or whatever and so being by himself, there's like the plank or the planks that you use to get on the ship. Um, there's no one to take those planks off. So when Moira was there watching him get on the ship and kind of sail away or whatever with the submarine, uh, he just pulled away. And the plank just fell off. <laughs> so he just kind of kept going. And So the whole thing was just, yeah, super sad and weird and eerie. And then that was the end of the book. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up then. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ben. Well, what'd you think of the book overall with its super sad ending?
1: Again, good book, but yeah, it was
0: kind of heavy. I don't know. Yeah, I was very uh, depressed. Like, I sat down today to sit and like, read it for a while, and um, yeah, it felt icky and gross. I just took a nap afterwards. <laughs> like, yeah, did not feel I, I good.
1: Felt, yeah, I felt fatigued or something. <laughs> <laughs> after yeah, it. Exactly. It, it took something out of me, but like, I, it was it was good. Like, I didn't... I didn't hate it like half of the shit we read here. It was, it was a good book. Yeah, just, yeah it, it takes something out of you.
0: So, do you think uh, going through some writing analysis? Do you think that? Uh, do you think that he wrote about society in Australia or Melbourne or whatever? Um, Melbourne, Melbourne, fine, Melbourne. Damn, that if he was was he writing about them going about their lives and continuing to sort of be polite and dignified. Uh, on purpose to, to make some kind of statement or to say something in the book or do you think he was writing it because he just didn't want to write about people looting and murdering and burning down buildings and everything else that could happen I saw something else mentioned about that online where it's like kind of confusing to everyone why everyone's so polite and nice up to the very very end well, I don't know, is
1: that maybe, like, this is a kind of depressing book, but is maybe that the optimistic element of it, where he is trying to make the point that even in the face of impending doom, people are still civil?
0: Yeah, that there's still and humanity. I, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I couldn't really personally. What, what are the people online saying about it? Uh, Not much, just people are confused. Uh, no, people, okay. you know, they make up all sorts of excuses, but there isn't sort of like a final uh, opinion on it, and so th- which I thought was interesting. I think I was confused. I mean, like, I obviously, like, from what you're saying would be sort of my first guess at it. I think what kind of muddled it for me and made it more confusing, like, I don't know why he's writing about it this way, is the back and forth. He shows the struggle that people have where, like, Peter and his wife will have a back and forth about being realistic about what's really happening and then also going into their fantasy world of working on their garden because even up to the end the wife wanted him or was saying that like it's really too bad we never got like a a bench to put in our garden and then he's like well I can go out and get it but he's like sick and throwing up and stuff and then she's like no you shouldn't and he's still debating going and doing it anyways so there's this weird back and forth of either sort of living in a fantasy to avoid thinking about what's really going to happen. And then also they're very practical and realistic about it. And then, you know, and then that case with the bench, it was like, I did, you know, just something I wish we would have had before I died with Moira. She was very practical and drank a lot, but then as we didn't point out, but as the book went on, she actually started drinking a lot less and spent most of her time sober and then taking classes and that sort of thing. So it's, that was confusing to me. Well, it's like, There wasn't, like, some sort of reason handed to you about, like... Which I guess is just good writing. I wasn't being handed a reason, but I was kind of expecting something to come up. Like, well, why is she doing this exercise when she herself knows better? Because earlier she was more cynical and uh, judgmental about other people kind of avoiding the topic and playing on with their lives. But now she's embracing it, so I was kind of expecting something to be said about that. And it never really was. So I was a little more confused about it, personally. Um, But whatever (laughs) like the book's fine it's not a judgment or anything it was just kind of a confusing aspect of you know the people playing out the fantasies of continuing to live into the next few years and then also being realistic about it not happening and just nothing was ever kind of resolved about that tone or message but still it didn't make the book any like bad or anything it was still fine yeah it was a good book Mm -hmm. well what's up next Uh, we don't have anything up next you're gonna pick out a book you like um, that you got in your own private collection?
1: Yeah, I started uh, reading *The Splendid and the Vile*
0: by Eric Larson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that about? Uh, Churchill in World War Two. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm just I got a couple of chapters into it yesterday. Is Eric Larson? He wrote *Devil in the White City*. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, he also read the, I forget what the book's called. One that I really liked a lot, but I wonder if I still would if I went back. But um, about Marconi uh, inventing the wireless telegraph or whatever. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't read that one. Uh, I don't know if it's, when I read it, I thought it was really, really good. And I even recommended it to people. But then anyone that would read it would be like, it's just boring as hell. Why'd you like this? And I thought, eh, I wonder if I went back and read it if I was just in the right frame of mind to really appreciate it, but maybe it isn't very good. <laughs> but basically uh, there was a murderer no. that left from England to go to America and Marconi had invented this wireless telegraph, but he was kind of competing with another person or company, but he wound up winning out because they used his wireless telegraph to have London tell America, there's a murderer on this ship. We, fight, you know, we figured out who he is and you got to intercept him as he, the ship lands. And so that's the way Marconi won and that's how they solved this murder. And I thought it was really good. I, thought he was, I always thought he was a good author. Yeah, I'm sure. What
1: is that, Have you read other ones of his? Like, I really like The Devil in the White City a lot.
0: Yeah, Devil in the White City was really good. Um, and then the only other thing of his I read was the family living in Germany at the time of the Nazis rising. In the Garden of Beasts? Yeah. Yep, yep. So, yeah, that's the only other thing I read about his. But it was good. Okay. That one I didn't like as much. I don't know why specifically. I'm sure it was fine. But for some reason, oh. I just wasn't as into it.
1: I like that one a lot I mean yeah the devil in the white city was really good but I liked the of Garden of the garden a lot too though
0: yeah I think something about him if I'm in the right mood I really like his work and apparently if I'm not in the right mood I just don't care about it as much and anyone I ever recommend him to don't like him at all <laughs> so that's the reason why well don't you just
1: hmm. I wouldn't worry about that about the people Oh yeah. that you're recommending him to not
0: like him that's just the general public is just stupid no, there you go, Ben. That's a good attitude to have. Yeah. That's a very good reason why we have a podcast for the general public. Eh, <laughs> to let them know how stupid they are and how we like things that they're too dumb to appreciate. <laughs> 60 million people voted for Donald Trump, so. Uh, and all the protests going on where they don't want to be quarantined. Yeah. They're small. It's a minority, but a very vocal minority, which is always the case, uh, are out there at the governor's mansion or were on Thursday. Yeah. Liber, uh, liberate minnesota liberate Come minnesota on. and then trump gets on twitter and says you get a free minnesota well, he said liberate minnesota. yeah fine liberate but
1: he said it in all caps too so you know it's serious. oh so
0: you know it's important then i know yeah uh surprised there wasn't more exclamation points at the end uh, that would really put a oomph in his message but yeah um that's the world we live in everyone's out there protesting that they want to put their lives at risk The message that we've been getting from Fox News, which is you should risk your life to save the economy, (laughs) is actually coming to fruition with all these people going out to governor's mansions demanding that they... uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a lot of fun. It is, isn't it? Well, that's it for me. I got nothing else. I don't either. My life is just going down the tubes over here. I got nothing to talk about.
1: There's nothing to talk about anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean... I did get rid of a bunch of brush by my driveway. That was...
1: Well, yet could have mentioned that earlier.
0: Uh, I did, but there's not really much to say about it. I can say I got rid of a bunch of brush, uh, and that's it. Okay. I got the little chainsaw out. Oh, the chain came off the chainsaw, and I'm not a a handy person, so I thought, oh...
1: I can't even picture you using a chainsaw in the first place. I know.
0: Fixing one. Well, being a homeowner, suddenly you have to do everything yourself because you want to save some money. So, uh, yeah, the chain came off the chainsaw and I thought, well, that sucks. What the hell am I supposed to do now? And I unscrewed the plate off the side and put the chain back on and tightened it up. Good as new, Ben. Oh, okay. I'd survive in a nuclear apocalypse because no. I know how to fix things now. Okay. I can also get rid of dead mice because I'm a man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thanks nobody's arguing that yeah of course you are well do you want to scream book boys at me it doesn't bother me now since I have the headphones I can turn it down
1: yeah I don't think I really want to
0: are you uh, this book
1: the book didn't put me in a screaming mood
0: yeah no it didn't and also uh, I've been telling my children over the last uh, week since we're all trapped in the house uh, I would just go up to my daughter's room and just stand there and say I'm in a malaise cause I am (laughs) I'm in a goddamn malaise. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, I just want to lay down and stare at a wall. Uh, this book didn't help anything. Made you no. genuinely sad reading it. Um, yeah, just horrible for the whole damn week. Every do you episode. Have your next doing. book picked out yet? I was going to say, every episode is just going to get more and more sad between the two of us. Yeah, I'm hoping that the book I pick out next is going to be good. I did look at a series of very strange, somebody recommending books that are just really weird. Um, And so I'm sort of going through it, and I'm not exactly sure what to think. Like, one of them is called Fucking Sharks, and it's about <laughs> sharks attacking people, and they're not just, like, limited to the water. Uh, I'm sure this is written around the time if not before Sharknado so it's just I think it's intentionally supposed to be cheesy and weird uh, there's a whole bunch of other ones um, Margaret Atwood apparently wrote one where every character in the story has a blue butt uh, so there's, yeah there's some weird stuff out there I guess huh. But um, so I haven't really picked what I'm going to do yet uh, but I might just fall back on some kind of weird smuddy romance novel if I can't find anything so I'm still looking I'm not sure yet well, on that note... <laughs> why don't you whisper the words, book boys? <laughs> book boys. <laughs> well, that's kind of sexual. I wasn't looking forward to that. That's not what I was wanting at all. Oh uh, wait. I wanted something like a tender mother whispering you to sleep. I don't know how to do that. Okay, how about a... A, a soft father cradling you to bed? <laughs> book boys. Oh, well, there you go. That's like something you'd say if I... Uh, got caught shoplifting, and then my dad had to sit me down and talk to me about being a man and then just call me his book boys. So, yeah, with his arm around me. Well, that was nice, Ben. That was like the only nice thing about this week. <laughs> well, with that, glad I could provide that. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. We'll see you all next week. Yes.